the volume. We are live on another Moneyline Monaco amp on Volume Sports. Wherever you get your pods, we are humming on a Monday. Coffee's in us. We're feeling fantastic. Southern California, beautiful July day. We got a packed show off of a riveting five-set, arguably past the torch Carlos Alcaraz versus Novak Djokovic tennis Wimbledon final. I'll give my thoughts on that here in just a second. DeAndre Hopkins to the Tennessee Titans of all things. Do you believe in miracles? And we have Shohei Otani trade rumors looming. We've heard him to the pinstripes. And how about this? We got him dancing against the Yanks tonight. Three game series. Got your best bets for that. My takeaways, some numbers, little bit on the baseball circuit here as we round out the show. But I want to take a second to talk out what we saw yesterday morning. I got up voluntarily on a Sunday, 5 a.m. Pacific to watch together greatness on the Wimbledon court. Stars were out. Pressure was on. Stakes galore again. Borg. Federer, the only two lads in all the tennis land, the history of the sport to win five straight at Wimbledon. Djokovic comes in with four straight. Again, passed at Roland Garros, the French Open. Nadal and Federer for the most decorated champion of all time, but still going for accolades, still going for history. And it was a big one yesterday morning. And the kid from Spain, Carlos Alcaraz, the future of the sport, it was riveting. It was compelling it was dramatic and again tennis is one of those sports whether you're betting or not it just gets your palms sweaty you just up i have my whole house watching my mom's nervous my brothers are nervous nobody watches tennis i do i bet everything outside of that though this storyline alcaraz going down six one in the first set now from a live betting dot here just want to make mention of it Novak was around minus 180-ish, minus 190, depending where you shop, closing line. So Novak, who was, again, like minus over 1,000 for half of the tournament, around minus 550, I believe, even in these quarter semifinal type lines, finally gets a respectable number. You could probably convince yourself to lay minus 180. It moved so quickly. Novak wins the first set and went to around minus 450 in a cinch. The line movement, as I watch often when I watch these games, was riveting. It opened at that number after that first set around minus 450. You could have gotten Alcaraz almost four to one, three and a half to one your money. By the time the fifth set rolled around and it was still moving, interestingly enough, Novak and I fired plus 280-ish down two sets to one. He became the favorite again after he won the fourth set. So the books were just always correcting, always letting you know it was going to be Novak the whole time. And then here we go. All of a sudden, Novak 7-1. to one. So without going in the weeds on tennis, just wanted, just wanted to debrief on something you don't see every day. A 20-year-old kid beating a 35-year-old man in any sport. 
is an anomaly. Think about think about that young LeBron, old Jordan. Ain't happening in the paint. You think about it on the mound. Typically, it ain't happening in baseball. It certainly ain't happening in the octagon or the boxing ring. It's grown man strength on a kid in tennis psychological warfare it's a physical game but you're not dancing against each other as far as body to body Novak showed his age unfortunately a guy that is mentally as tough as they come beat himself yesterday but Carlos also beat him at his game which is mental chess you gotta tip your fro to the kid and the future of tennis Carlos Alcaraz the torch yesterday was officially passed to the youngin, and it's great for the sport because again, we had three greats in tennis all at once. It's about coming to a tinsel town end. We need a Sitsi Pass and Alcaraz. That's a sinner. These young dudes to step up if you watch the sport. So just pay attention on the betting market to Novak coming in Snickers angry the next couple events, but also how much Alcaraz you can make money off of. Guy is here to stay. What a victory! All right. I'm going to try not to go ballistic on this thought here. There was some huge news as far as I'm concerned, because this guy is a shape-shifting playmaker, Jerry, and they just laid some lines on FanDuel, et cetera. I don't even know how to wrap my head around. DeAndre Hopkins to the Tennessee Titans. You didn't have it on your bingo card. I certainly didn't have it on mine. Well, here we are. DeAndre Hopkins is in a tighten-up uniform with King Henry and Ryan 9-8 and for his career, Tannehill, and they are plus 310 on FanDuel, etc. to win the division. But I want to zero in on Hopkins because this is an offense. I don't even know where to begin outside of Derrick Henry. All I'm seeing on Get Up, etc. this morning is that Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel, the head coach for the Titans has more career touchdowns outside of Hopkins than everybody on Tennessee's roster. You think I'm kidding? Nick Westbrook, Chris Moore, Traylon Burks just got in the league a cup of coffee ago. They got 16 touchdowns between the three of them. Between the three of them. Eight, seven, and one. You realize Vrabel had 12 touchdowns? on the Patriots in his career. They really could use him over there without the Devontae Parker signing and another abysmal Belichick offense they're rolling out. Don't know what they're doing. As long as they don't have Patricia with the pencil calling plays, it can't get much worse. But the fact that they went on went in on Devontae Parker over there in New England and passed on Hopkins because he has been banged up the last two years is regronculous. if I don't 80 for Brady say so myself. But I get back to this Tennessee team, and I got to be honest. This is a criminal, criminal low number on the receiving yards and the touchdown props for D-Hop. When DeAndre Hopkins is healthy, let's not forget what he did with the miraculous catch over three Buffalo Bill grown men. Let's not forget what he's done in his only three-time Pro Bowl career on the numbers. It is incredible what D-Hop has done, and he comes to this team, I gotta be honest, a little pissed off for greatness, a little Snickers hangry. Guys had six 1,000-yard receiving seasons in his career. He's got over 
1,500 yards twice, almost over 1,400 two more times. The number for him on FanDuel at the moment is 850 and a half receiving yards. 850 and a half. Look, I know this Tennessee passing offense was bottom five. I know, per my producer, Triple P, they're 30th in pass attempts to an AZ Cardinals team that was top five. This is the reality. They don't have anybody else to throw to. They don't have a, a Seinfeld Costanza conceivable reason for getting up in the passing offense morning. It's King Henry, run it to the wheels, fall off or bust on that team. He's sitting on FanDuel with four and a half touchdowns. Four and a half? Are you kidding me? I'm about to take the money out from under the mattress. You mean to tell me if DeAndre Hopkins stays healthy, he's not getting five touchdowns this season on a team where Mike Vrabel, the coach, has more touchdowns in his career than the rest of the kids on the team. I know they're all young. I don't care. I'm making a point and selling you a car you think you don't need. Pill, you need it. It is a DeAndre Hopkins, Tennessee Titan, rolling down downtown Nashville Mobile, and it is inked on the side with five touchdowns. Are you kidding me? I'm hot and bothered by this. Eight touchdowns two years ago, three touchdowns last year. That's why the number is what it is. Four and a half touchdowns. The books are about to get cooked on this, and I'm taking a significantly large number out because if he stays healthy, he can do this in two or three games. I mean, seriously, not to mention the three-touchdown situation last year. He wasn't healthy. We know about the Arizona Cardinals locker room. It's about as toxic as an Orange County marriage, all right? They get divorced in Orange County like a parking ticket, all right? What do they do in Arizona Cardinal land with a Kyler Murray offense? This is a guy that didn't want to on the before the draft press circuit answer simple Dan Patrick combine questions, referred to his dad off camera, cannot step up and speak out. And I hate to say it, Napoleon Complex, but somebody's got to call the under six foot club guy out in Arizona and nobody's going to do it. What did they do? They let go of anybody of substance on that team and banked on Kyler Murray. It's going to get ugly in Arizona. I think it's the worst team in football next year. Kingsbury gone, D-Hop gone, Kyler Murray injured. I digress. This D-Hop number from last year has to get in your head as a flawed number because the chemistry, look, Kyler Murray is as petty as it gets. He is a petty individual. He is not a great leader of men. You've heard it inside the Arizona locker room. So if he is knowing that D-Hop ain't coming back or D-Hop's got something to say about it, he's out. He's not even going to look at him on the field. A la why four and a half is on FanDuel. I just don't know how you don't sit here and do a combination of things. D-Hop's last year one-off, which is, again, a truly, truly incorrect number as far as D-Hop standards. Secondarily, you have nobody else to throw to on this team. If anything, it balances out the Derrick Henry distribution of just run pass, run pass on this team so they can at least not just run this dude till he literally cannot bang bodies anymore. I love the pickup. I love the purchase. Honestly. 
572 and 717 receiving yards in the last two seasons. Guy did not play. Barely. Double-digit games. Barely. You're buying low on Hopkins, and you're buying low on a Titans team. And, and, and let's, not remind, let's not forget, this is a coached-up team. Vrabel has never really even had remarkable personnel. He is a top-10 coach in this league. If you don't believe me, you're kidding yourself. He is from the Belichick tree, a decorated champion. He's been to the playoffs. He's battle-tested. This is an abysmal worst-in-the-league division, by the way. D-Hop can get these numbers in blowout games against the Texans or the Colts. Pick a team in the AFC South. So many reasons to hammer this. I don't even get it. Four and a half touchdowns on a receiving core with Budkiss, Jerry. Absolutely Budkiss. All right. We end today's Fitz Fest with the Yankees and the Angels, who tee off tonight, dance tonight in Anaheim, up the five freeway, grab yourself a Disneyland lollipop and some popcorn and enjoy the Shohei Otani show. Couple of betting angles before we talk the rumors. Shohei Otani, believe it or not, in 20 Costco sample size games against the Yankees, does not dance against the pinstripes, the Bronx Bombers, very well. Here, there, listen to this. He's hitting 186. 186 against the Yankees in 20 games. This is not a series or two. Guys been in the league longer than we think. 186 he's hitting in 20 games. Now, eight homers and 14 ribbies is interesting. I think tonight, now it's a three-game series. It's a coin flip pretty much. Yanks are minus 122 to win the series. Angels are plus 100. You have to factor in where the teams are in their seasons, where they are off the previous series, and where they are on their road trips or their homestands. There's just so many variables to factor into betting baseball. It will drive you crazy. You have to look at this weekend. The Yankees lost a series, two out of three, and coming off yesterday where they're up late in the game, in the eighth, they blow it with their best bullpen in the league. Lose 8-7 in extras. I'm seeing murmurs on Twitter. It is the worst loss of the season for the Yankees. We know that the trade deadline is just a cup of coffee around the corner going to be wrapped. Otani rumors going ballistic. We know the Angels are not out of the playoff race by any means. They're in a very competitive AL West. If you're paying attention, the Astros have to catch up to the Rangers, but the Angels have to catch up to both of them. I'm looking at the AL wildcard. I'm looking at all five teams above 500 for the first time in the history of the division by the All-Star break in the AL East. I'm not selling myself on the Angels making the playoffs. I'll tell you one thing in the Angels and the outfield land, the owner, the general manager, the overall takeaway, what I'm feeling that isn't being said is that they're going to roll the dice on this season and just play it out. You can sell this man still at the end of the season on the Southern California weather on the best Angels season since I don't even know since VHS came out. On the fact that they still have Trout for years to come, they have Renfro who's playing excellent, and the Anderson-Sandoval-type pitchers, they're not a terrible team like they've been year after year after year. I think for for this season, they're not going to trade. I really do believe that. All of these rumors to the, to the Yanks, Shohei, with the 
ironicness that it's being landed on the lily pad of Angels versus the Yankees on July 17th, I just can't spin myself to say it. There's not really many odds out there unless you go offshore. There's too much in the air for this man to be dealt. I can't see it. Now, how do we bet this series if he ain't going anywhere? I think we bank on the Yankees sticking it to the Angels. I like them to win the series. They have no look ahead. They got the Royals next and they get to come home. This is the time to turn it around. You just lost to the second worst team in the majors, the Colorado NL West Bad News Bears Rockies. The Rockies are an abomination of a franchise. Colorado fans are lucky that Jokic is there and the Abs are there because this Rockies team deserves a Todd Helton any given Sunday Pacino speech. The guys in Colorado have not been good since I don't even know before the iPhone. But all that to say, going in to tonight. I do not love that Severino's on the hill. Guys pitched 42 innings this season. He's got an ERA of 7.35. His two starts in July, he's got an 18.9. The the bet this evening with Canning, Griffin Canning pitching for the a, for the Halos, allowing about four earned in two and two thirds in his most recent start. You got to go over. Why? An 8-7 exhausting barn burner game for the Yankees in Colorado yesterday. How about this? I bet it's Saturday night. It was sicker than Scotty Van Bad beat sick. The Astros were up 9-3. Angels came back 9-9. Then the Astros went up 12-9. Yankees, excuse me, Angels won 13-12 in extras. That was Saturday night. Last night, Sunday night baseball, all the way to the bitter end. Angels are winning 8-7. Bregman. Unbelievable homer in the ninth ball game. Point is, you think about timing of these purchases in baseball. This is a great time to bet the Yankees. They're the third best team in the league, over 60% after a loss going against a team that has been decimated with their bullpen the last 48 hours, not to mention the side distractions of Otani to the pinstripes. There is a lot of momentum here for me to give reason to back the Yankees. I think the bet is the over tonight. I think the Yankees win the series at minus 122. I do not think Shohei gets dealt. If you want to bet Shohei props, I'd be looking at over one and a half total bases, multi-hit games. I'm, I'm a little cause for concern with this 186 batting average, but again, those are splits from the past. Those are all about timing. You you look at trends. You look at numbers. Yes, they matter. I'm more looking at Shohei, who's off another home run last night, 34 homers leading the AL. He's in unbelievable form. And I just think this series, my intuition, my baseball betting gut says they're going to bring the best out of each other. The Yankees have a good series. Shohei has a good series. That's where I'm at. I like the Yanks. Angels over tonight. It sits at nine. F5 might be a thought because if Sevy gets rocked, holy cow. Both of these bats are actually doing decent coming off of this weekend, even though the Yankees again lost a series. Stanton had two home runs, couple of bright spots. I mean, no one's again. It's it, it's a Yankees batting average roster that's as perplexing as the Mets next to the Padres. Does it make sense? But they have to show out. For Shohei, if you want to call it a last-ditch audition, this is it. They're presenting their best selves. 
call this a first date, a last date, save the save the relationship, or make the last first impression, however you want to betting spin it. I like the Yankees to win the series. I like them as well to win tonight. Third best team in baseball after a loss to the worst team in baseball, not named the Oakland A's. All right. The torch was passed in Wimbledon. D-Hop is about to have money under my Jewish Italian mattress get slammed over four and a half touchdowns courtesy at a book near you. I'm going to have to call a guy who absolutely knows a guy because I'm in California. If that number moves to five and a half and I don't slam it, I'm pissed. And I like the Yankees to show out for show. Hey, baby, you don't forget to hug your mothers. Have yourself a wonderful Monday. Ta-ta real smooth. The Volume.